Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. I'll give you that. I'm I am um, here in my kitchen on a, the most wet day of the year, I oh, think. It's miserable, isn't it? It really is miserable. With the amazing Chris Duke, who, if you don't know who Chris is, Chris, well, Chris can do everything, basically. We've just had a conversation <laughs> all the things that Chris can actually do, and we'll get there. But, <laughs> but the reason why I messaged Chris in the first place was that Chris has written a book called Lucy's Blue Day, and I have it. Ah! <laughs> amazing. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And my first question is, did you read a lot of books when you were wee? Do you know what? I don't... When I was a little boy, when I was very little, yeah. I don't think I did. I think, thinking back, and obviously we're, we're talking, you know, <clears throat> over 30 years ago, um, I don't remember being read to that okay. much as a child. Yeah, I yeah. don't... That doesn't mean that I wasn't. I no, just, no, you just don't remember I just it. don't remember. Yeah. Um, what I do remember is reading books like like the Famous Five yes. and some of the Roald Dahl books. I got uh, I got really into Charlotte's Web yes, when I was in primary I love school. Charlotte's and then I also remember I think I was in primary six when a student teacher came into the class mm-hmm. and she brought in this book called Some Other Rainbow or so, not Somewhere Over the Rainbow, something about a rainbow. Oh, okay. Um and it turned out to be an autobiography about two people that were kidnapped. I remember re- get reading this chapter of this book and I was mesmerised by it. And I'm, I got my mum and dad to buy me the book. Right. And when I got it, I think I got it for my birthday or my Christmas that year, the book's about that thick. Uh-huh. You know, and you know, I was only like, what, 10 at the time. Yes. I was like, well, there's no chance I'm going to be reading that. that. <laughs> Not a chance. But... By that point, since then, I've been obsessed with autobiographies. Right, yeah. Autobiographies are mine. I'm a bit like that as well, actually. That is my go-to as well, autobiographies. I, I tend not to read fiction. I think it's because they're real. Aye. It's, it's like a real story. Well, I'm just when nosy. You... I just like Yeah, well, there's that as well. Like, <laughs> I, I read my, my autobiography list is more to do with like as, as celebrities mm-hmm. or, or, or famous people that I like and okay, that cool. I know. Oh, you want to know yeah. more about them. I'm a big wrestling fan, so ah. I, I've read all the wrestling autobiographies. Right. And then, you know, like one of my favourites that are non-wrestling is James Corden. Yes. Because his story is quite literally rags to riches. Mm. He, he, went through, he went through all the same stuff that I did when ah. I was little and now look at him, you know, he's a like, know, multi-millionaire pre- mental, what he's up to now, presenting a worldwide TV show in the uh-huh. States, one of the most famous people in the world. Mm. And it kind of gives me that motivation to know that if I read these stories, you know, it's not impossible no, to do. Totally. And, and you can totally push to make something like that happen in your yeah. life. So that's that, That's where I am. I love autobiographies. Yeah, I really, really, I'm, I'm a sucker for an autobiography. And because of the amount of commuting that I do now... Mm. Um, I'm a, a, I love an audiobook. Yes. And that's as long as it's getting read to me by the person that's written it. Oh right, okay. Is that yeah, like a that's that's like that's like a, a, a must have. Right, okay. So if there's an autobiography or a biography written by somebody who might have passed away, I can't I can't listen to it because yeah, it's no them the it's no them telling me the story. It's somebody else. <laughs> so it's not true. It's not their story oh. to tell. <laughs> so so long winded answer. Yes, I did. I, did. I like a long winded answer. That's good. <laughs> I, I did read books when I was little. Yeah. So. 
before we started recording, you did tell me that you'd had a career in radio. Mm-hmm. And we can go into that if you wish. But what was the impetus to write a, a book? Never mind a children's book, and the mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, obviously the the theme behind it or the thoughts behind mm-hmm. it. What made you write a book? When I was little. Again, it was one of those things that I always wanted to do. Yeah. I always wanted to be a writer. There was when I when I went to schools, and we'll talk about this later on. But uh-huh. when I go into schools and do my my sessions with yes. the school kids, um, I tell the kids that when I was younger, there was four things I wanted to be. Okay. When I was older, I wanted to be a dad. I wanted to be a radio presenter. I wanted to be a wrestler, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be an author. It's the four things that I wanted to be. Hey, you're doing alright. And uh, well, 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 well I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you more about that later. <laughs> but. Um, I've always wanted to write, and yeah. and I'm sure and I, I guarantee, especially with, with your your English degree and your passion for writing, I, I guarantee that you've done it as well. Mm. That you start writing a story and then you get bored of it and then you put it down totally. and then you just get that. Do you know what? It's probably yeah. not that good. I'm just going to put it. Away. I know you do that. I mean, someone who you know was into music for a long time and writing a lot of mm-hmm. lyrics and stuff, and you know, gigs and whatnot. Like you, you're very hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like just. Even like I write a lot of poetry, like yep. if it's somebody's wedding or birthday or whatever, I tend, tend to send them a wee poem and I enjoy the process, but there's always that kind of like, ah, oh, this isn't that good. Yeah. Though. And then yeah. you just put it down and then you uh-huh. leave it and you forget about it. I, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I remember, I think I was 15 and I wrote a story. I started to write a story called, oh, see, now I need, I need to take it back now. It was very similar to I Know What You Did Last Summer, but it wasn't. Right. Uh, oh, it was like, if. If we if we go home tomorrow or something like that, it's like, okay? oh, it's going to annoy me that I can't remember what it was called. But it was a it was like a horror type story where uh-huh. a group of friends went away for the night, mm. and but obviously there was a, a killer on the loose, yes. and it got rid of them all one by one. Gosh, right. If we get home tomorrow, if we get home tomorrow, I think that's what yeah. it was called, something like cool. that. But I didn't finish it because no. I, I got bored of it, um, and I ended up turning into. I wrote it in such a way that at the beginning it was all very descriptive and, mm. and everything was great, and it was great. Then, but by the end or by the when I started to get bored of it, I was just writing lines. Okay. Like so, he said this, but then she said that, but then he said that, <laughs> and then she said that, and then it she must died. Some of it had like discipline to write, like a novel. Oh, I, Do you know what I mean? I'm working on one just now. Are you? That's uh, that's well. No, by the time this comes out, actually, because I'm going to announce it tomorrow. Um, so, I, so I should be, I could be able yeah, to tell you, right? Yeah, this is exciting. This is like a pure exclusive. Um, <laughs> so I'm writing a book called uh, When Archie Unplugged the Internet. It's a kid's right. novel, I should say. Cool. Um, it's about a little boy called Archie uh-huh. who he loves, he loves doing things naturally. Like he doesn't really bother with technology. Mm. He's, he's, no, he's not got a phone, he's not got a tablet. Okay. He likes to go out for walks, he likes to play board games, he likes to like play with his sister he's doing oh, all that sort of stuff yeah um, but his mum and dad are not really that bothered they're always on their phones you know his sister's always on her tablet she's always watching YouTube oh. stuff like that so he, he always has to do this stuff alone mm-hmm. and one day he goes out for a walk and he goes somewhere that he's never ever been before which is not that far it's just down the bottom of his garden right behind this big giant bush and he finds a big plug about this size and by this size I mean like about the size of a plate right um and he's thinking, oh, I wonder what that is. I wonder what would happen if I unplugged it. So he pulls it out. Nothing happens. So, oh, well. So he goes for his walk. And that's fine. A couple of hours later, he gets home. And he notices something weird in the house. Mum and dad are panicking. His sister's in the corner. She's crying away. 
and the TV's not working. There's only one channel working in the TV. Goodness. And it's a news channel. And the headline in the news, the world's internet has been disconnected. <laughs> um, which means for kids, when I tell the kids a story, it means things like, you know, you're talking no YouTube, no Facebook, no Twitter, no podcasts, mm. um, no no Roblox, no Minecraft, you know, all that. Everything's gone. Everything. Everything. <laughs> and, but he notices some good things, like mum and dad start talking to him again. He gets to play with his sister. Yes. Nobody's bullying each other anymore mm. online. Um, but he also notices some of the, the negative side of it, like his mum wants to take him out and buy him a new toy. Mm-hmm. She goes to the cash machine, can't get any money out. Ah. There's no internet. He goes to school, he's really excited about this new project that he's learning. Can't learn about it because there's no internet. So he's got the power now to turn the internet on and back off. So he can put the internet back on, make things back to normal, but he knows that if he wants to make the world a better place or if he just wants to have a conversation with mum and dad, all he has to do is nip down the bottom of the garden (laughs) and unplug the internet. (laughs) So that's... And that's getting announced tomorrow. Everything in moderation, everybody. (laughs) So what what date are we on today? We're on the the 9th, Uh so... So that's fine. So we're announcing that in the tenth. So by the time this comes out, it'll be yes. fine. You'll be allowed to. You'll well, be allowed to talk about. Well, I've been to learn this before the rest of the world. That's so an like excellent story. Oh, well, thank you. And very mm-hmm. apt for current times. So let's hope I announce it tomorrow and I don't forget, and then I'll end up. <laughs> I make sure you're on that. You know, I'll, be get, I'll be getting emails in a couple of weeks. Going, so what's happening with this book? What book are you talking what about? What book are you talking about? Well, that, that book I got bored I about. That book I got bored with and put away. No. <laughs> I think I was like, I remember it was the first year in high school and I'd written like a short story mm-hmm. and my English teacher who was very, uh, I mean I loved her, she was very alternative, mm-hmm. uh, every, most people were absolutely terrified of her, I was as well but I totally loved her, I thought yeah, she was you amazing, got her. yeah totally got her and uh, she reminded me of the head witch out the witches, okay, yep. kind of looked a wee bit like Angelica Houston and I wrote this story and she took me to the sixth year English class wow. for me to read it out and then basically just berated them and said how like here's a first year that can write a story and what you's all about you's kind of writing and I think that just put me off because although I was like chuffed to bits that she yeah. loved my story there was all like the really cool sixth year quite a lot of sixth year boys yeah. that were very cool and they were they weren't impressed they yeah. were just looking at me like you're a pure swat yeah. so I think <laughs> ever since then That's I was it. like oh no no yeah, I'm done <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> totally. So Lucy's Blue Day. Yes. Did it start out as Lucy's Blue Day? Um, it all had it had always been Lucy's Blue Day. Well, uh-huh. it's it was a couple of years ago. I was sitting my my little girl, um, Alyssa, my my eldest. Mm-hmm. Um, she was six years old at the time, and she was feeling like she's quite an emotional little girl, um, and you know, and I can see this because I was exactly exactly the same as her. So one night she was in particular having this blue day and I'd always had the line it's okay sometimes to have a blue day yeah in my head uh-huh. as the end line of whatever I was ever going to yeah, do yeah. and I wrote this poem which is is the poem yeah, of Lucy's yeah. Blue Day and uh, I wrote it about this little girl who has the magical colour changing hair it changes colour when she feels all the different emotions like red for angry green for mm. jealous uh, purple for excited and then one day her hair's blue and she doesn't understand why. The reason I chose the the hair colour thing is a whole other kind of weird story in itself because okay. there's there's a mum who was always at the school gates mm-hmm. when I went to pick up the kids and she'd always have this bright 
coloured hair and it would always be every week it'd be different like she'd always <laughs> dye it it was always a different colour okay. and you couldn't miss her right like she was always there uh-huh. and then and we'd only just moved to Forfra by mm. this point and it was about a few weeks later and I got to the school gates and I couldn't see her I was like oh, I wonder what's, wonder what's happened I wonder mm. where she's gone but we'd eventually gotten to know her and it turned out that she's actually she dyed her hair back to her natural colour right and I'd asked, we'd asked her about it, and she was like, "Well, I was I was kind of feeling a bit, a bit nah, a bit down, mm. and I just really didn't want anybody to notice me." Oh. And that gave that sparked yeah. the idea of the cut, the, the hair changing colour. Does she know that she's she, the inspiration? She, for she that? does. I don't know if she likes it, but she knows. <laughs> she knows. Well, it's not to like that. That's lovely. Um, <laughs> so I, I presented the, the poem. I said presented. I, I let Lisa, my Lisa, yeah, yeah. Uh, read the poem. Uh, my Lisa's my wife. Mm. Not that Lisa, my Lisa. <laughs> Too many Lisas. You have a Lisa. I do have a Lisa. Um, and, I, and I let her read the poem, uh-huh. and it was her that suggested that we get it illustrated. Right, okay. Into, into a children's book. And that's when I went out and I started to look for, for, for illustrators. And I'd put, on, I'd put on Facebook and I'd said, does anybody know any illustrators that we know? And my friend had got in contact, sent me Federica's website, and I just fell in love with her, yeah, with her artwork right away. And the whole thing about like the visual in terms of the mm-hmm. hair that works perfectly because if you're wee mm-hmm. and you're going through this book and you maybe don't necessarily get all of the concept that you've got that visual there yeah. of the hair changing colour and what that could mean exactly you know, but then older kids obviously they're going to get the full extent yeah. of the message but even the younger kids get it uh-huh. like when I go when I go into schools uh, I'm at, that's pretty much my full time job now mm-hmm. is going into schools wow and uh, and talking to kids about mental health, yes. which is a, another thing, phenomenal thing. Um, but kids get it mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot more chat in schools about mental mm-hmm. health, which is very very important. And I think the more we talk about it, the better. It's all right to feel any emotion. Yeah. Absolutely fine. Like it's okay to be angry. That's not a bad emotion. There's mm-hmm. not good emotions and bad emotions. We're all going to feel all of them. It's just. That accepting that, that sometimes you're going to feel angry, sometimes exactly. you're going to feel sad. We are humans, we are built to feel emotions, no matter what they are. So what do you do when you feel that emotion? You take it, you you uh, you embrace it, mm. you deal with it, yeah. and you move on. Yeah. That's right, you're a human being, you're yeah, supposed absolutely. to feel emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there aren't bad ones and good ones, we're going to feel a spectrum. Even in the, the space of one day, Oh God, you I... can feel... I think we're definitely better at talking N- about Nowadays it. we yeah, are, yeah. Yeah, like five, ten years, it's definitely shifted mm-hmm. majorly, but there's still a lot of work. Yeah, I mean... A lot of, uh, and, and I say our generation because I feel that we are running about the same age. Yes, um, I think so. Yeah. 30, I'm 30, I'll be 37 next month. I'm um, 36 next month. So there, <gasps> there you go. go. Uh, September baby too. Yes, I am. Yay, all the best people So, uh, <laughs> but when I was younger, and I would mentioned earlier that I was, I was a very emotional okay. boy, my dad... Would, you know, would would tell me to kind of, you know suck it up you know it's fine mm. and I'm, I'm by taking nothing away from my dad no. my dad was and is an excellent dad yeah um, excellent granddad now as well mm. um, it was just the time I was on antidepressants as a teenager he was embarrassed okay. that that his teenage son yeah. was on antidepressants yeah. again no saying that's no negative thing on him uh-huh. it's just the way the way it was mm. um, and that's the other reason why I wanted to kind of bring that to the bring yes, the book the to the forefront, yeah, it was important, yeah, to you because oh, I've been through, I've been it. through loads of stuff. Okay, like uh, as I say, that like even when I was younger, when I was a teenager, 
I, I was on, I was on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. I would, I would self harm. I would, mm-hmm. you know, and self sabotage myself ridiculously okay. as well. Um, and and it never really got better until I started to realise that there was something wrong with me. You know, or before I would admit it. Yeah. I mean, eight years ago, my when when Alyssa was born, um, I was diagnosed with postnatal depression, right, which okay. is. And you think it's unusual in men? It's no. No. It's well, not. I can, unu- I can imagine it's not. Because it's not it's a massive yeah. changing experience for anybody. What is unusual it. about it is men talking about it. Yeah. That's that's what's unusual, and that's mm-hmm. what people find unusual. Um, I was the same. I didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. I I kept that. I was I kept that secret for for five years. I didn't tell. Yeah, a and it must soul. be really difficult as a you know as a partner mm-hmm. to be going through that and think, well, you know, my my wife or my partner's giving birth to to a child. Like, how can Abby feel like this when they've been yeah. you know, their bodies went through this? They you know they've carried the, the child for nine months and blah, blah blah. So it must be must feel like a lot more difficult to. Oh, it was horrid, and I felt I felt like a complete failure. Mm-hmm. I felt like a failure as a dad. Um, I, I feel you as a husband because again and, and but taking it back to my dad uh, like my dad was a hard working man's man yeah so you just yeah. sat and thought he just got on with it yeah how come I'm not this? exactly yeah um, and for all you know growing up your dad might have been going through oh, he probably stuff was. mentally that he just didn't yeah. speak about he'd been made redundant loads of times uh-huh. He's in a, he works in the, the welding industry okay. and that's slowly getting less and less now mm. Um, but even back then he'd be made with that but I'd never seen him like he'd always been working he'd always yeah. been like he would go out in the morning come home at night and, and, and that's my dad mm. that's what my dad would do so I always thought that was the right yeah, thing to do but then I was the guy who I didn't have a job at that point I was at that point I was 25 stone as well I was very overweight okay. uh, I I thought because I'm, I'm into musicals and stuff like that it's not a very manly thing to do mm. I didn't go to football games I didn't okay. do any of that sort of stuff yeah. so I didn't, I didn't feel like a man wow. basically and that's that's why I think ended up with the postnatal depression. But as I say, I didn't tell anybody, and that mm-hmm. was the kind of where it all kind of started to spiral. But then when I started talking about the book, and then I started talking about the fact that I did suffer from postnatal depression, everything just started to fall into place. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realised that when you are, no matter what you're feeling, the best thing to do is to talk about it. Uh-huh. Because when I go into uh, when I go into schools, I always take an empty can of right. uh, of Coke with me, uh-huh. and and I use the analogy. So imagine I've got this this can of coke, and inside this can of coke is, is feelings, mm-hmm. right? You want to let your feelings out. All you need to do is open the can, pour it out. You're not going to have any problems. But what would happen if you took that can of feelings and you railed it up really hard and you shook it really hard? Eventually, you're going to need to open that can, and what's going to happen? Mm. It's going to explode. Yeah. It's going to go everywhere, and it's going to get messy. Yeah. Exactly the same. If you keep your feelings inside, so eventually they're going to come out. And probably going to explode. Uh-huh. We're going to go everywhere. And it's probably going to be a bit messy. Wow, that's a very good analogy. And that's what I, that's what I yeah. use with the kids. Do you feel like the book got you through something, or do you feel like you were in a good place when you wrote the book? Promoting the book got me through yeah. a lot of the stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and to be honest with you, the success of the book has kind of helped me through I mean, it as well. Massively, like like even on your Facebook page you've got like some crazy 23,000 what that's mental that's amazing so when did you release the book uh, 8th of February this year so it's only been out 5 or 6 months that's nuts that's so cool Uh, we've sold just over 5,000 copies of the book that's tremendous completely self-published really mm -hmm. 
Uh, I don't. I don't have a publisher. I don't. I don't have a PR person. I don't have that. I literally completely self-published. No, that's like a full-time job. Then you're just like constantly at it. Uh, there is a cool so. wee a wee backstory on on this as well. Okay. Actually, and I think we were on the ninth. Yeah. So this is like to the day uh-huh. that this this happens. So when I told you before that I went looking for for an illustrator and yes. we found Federica. At this point, I had no intention of releasing it as a book. Right. Right. I just wanted to make it one book. To give to Alyssa. That's oh, all I wanted nice. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, illustrators cost a lot of money, and one thing I don't have is a lot of money. <laughs> so, I, <hear> you. <laughs> I, I, uh, I crowdfunded, and I, I, I opened Amazing. up, I opened up a crowdfunding campaign to raise two thousand pounds to pay uh, oh, the yeah. illustrator, because at the end of the day. It's her job. Yeah, of course. And, and that's what she and, for what they do. and she ended up putting it, putting in almost a year's worth of work into that book. Goodness. So that was fine. So I'd raised about a thousand pound, which was mm-hmm. fab, but it still wasn't anywhere near enough. And um, if you can, you have you got access to the internet in front of you? I have. Well, I can right. Well, I'll tell you what to do. Right. Uh-huh. And this is the only thing I want, and I'll I'll gauge your reaction on this. Right. Right. Okay. I've got a, a husband and wife set of friends called. Uh-huh. Leslie and Fred Higgins. Okay. Put their names into Google and show me. Tell me Leslie what comes up. And Fred Higgins. Okay. The first thing. Will I read the first yeah, thing? Yeah. Up? Okay. Just the headline is retired Aberdeenshire couple who won fifty-eight million on. I'm guessing it's the lottery. Yep. Euro millions. Right. Uh, this time last year they won fifty-eight million in the lottery. Wowzers. Uh, Euro millions and that's weird because I just saw a show at the fringe by my very good friend Jay Lafferty and it was all about luck mm-hmm. and about like how like the odds of you winning the lottery mm-hmm. are like slim to none yep. so they're, yeah. the, they're the exception to yeah, the yeah oh they really are <laughs> and um, so about two weeks after uh, they'd won uh, uh-huh. Leslie sent me a message and she said I've, I've seen your GoFundMe campaign I've seen your book right. and I love it and I really want to help no way so you didn't uh, know them? No, I knew. No, I did know them. I've not, I'd, I'd known them for years before okay. that. So I went over to her house, uh-huh. uh, had a cup of coffee, and left with a check. Uh, now, when I when I pulled up here today, you seen the wee car? How cool is your car? It's a, it's a wee smart car, which is all wrapped up in the sea. I love it. Um, I didn't know you had that. That's so cool. So that that's part of the money that, that Leslie gave me paid for the car. Amazing. Um, she paid to get I got ten thousand copies of the book mm-hmm. printed. Okay. Um, so she paid for that, Goodness. so we could sell them on, um, and she's put money into some other stuff. As a matter of fact, I had a meeting with her yesterday asking yeah. her for even more money. Amazing. Um, she obviously, like, the whole she, content... Yeah, she believes in it. She believes in it. She, believe, she absolutely believes and in it. And if you win a lot of money, you'd like to think yeah. you would do that kind of work. I, yeah, the you thing is, for the amount of money that she's given us, it's, it's pocket change to her, really. Of course. And it's changed, But it's changed, changed our lives. Life. Yes. It's absolutely changed yeah. our lives. And the book will be absolutely reaching and touching and changing other people's mm-hmm. lives do you know what I mean so that makes a massive impact because obviously the way you reacted when I said that we only released the book a few months ago this book would nowhere near be as big as it is without their help that's There's absolutely great, nowhere it. It, it would definitely get there of just course, not as fast yeah, it's, a, it's a fabulous book so they're uh, so yeah they've, 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 been, awesome. they've been mega helpful and I sat with Leslie yesterday because I've got in terms of PR for the book, right, mm-hmm. I have got one goal. Okay. And and it's to get my backside on the This Morning sofa. Yes. And that's what I was going to talk about because Lydian Kelly. Uh, right. How did that come about? I mean, I've met Lydian a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to meet her. 
I love her. Oh, she's amazing. Like, she always remembers who we are. Mm-hmm. And we've met her a few times and you think like she was your best pal and you like just seen her yesterday. She's such a lovely person, like such a professional. Oh, aye. I remember being in a studio and just watching her for like maybe about five minutes and everything that she needs to do in the space, but while still being nice to yeah. people. And there's somebody talking in the ear and there's somebody talking to her, like, you know, a producer right there in front of her. She's got paper in her hand. She's, she's like amazing mm-hmm. and such a lovely person and has a very, very like, you know, sat you, you're like, well, that's Lorraine Kelly. You know yeah. her voice. So the, the story behind Lorraine, um, I, I was in a musical about 12 years ago Okay. Um, called Bluebeard. It was a Scottish premiere. Yes. Um, uh, all the way up in Ayloth, way up the top end of Scotland. Wow. And uh, I was one of the leads in it. And Lorraine got invited to the premiere because she lived like about 10 minutes away. Cool. She lived in Blair Gowrie, which is about 10 minutes away from mm. Ayloth. And she came, right. which was amazing. And after the show, she came backstage to meet us all and she singled me out. Like she, yeah. she, she looked, I was sitting over the other side of the dressing room and she just pointed at me and she went, you, you, you can sing. And I was like, oh, wow, thank you, thank you. So from then, from then, about a couple of weeks later, I'd sent an email to her manager mm-hmm. just saying, any chance you can pass this message over to Lorraine, um, thank you for coming to the show, I really appreciate it, and you know, you really boosted my confidence yeah. with what you'd said. Nice. And at the bottom of my email, um, my email signature was my phone number. Mm-hmm. And a couple of days later, um, I got a text message and it was, hi Chris, it's Lorraine. And since then, we've been friends ever since. That is lovely. Um, hi so, she's such a nice person. Sure, she's amazing. She's really, and she has gone, I feel terrible because any time I speak to her, I'm pretty much just asking her for a favour. <laughs> but she'll always do it. Uh-huh. If it's anything, even if it's just to send out a tweet about the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I don't ask her to do the, the reading of the book. Mm. Um uh, she, she did a wee, a wee kind of piece to camera video okay. that she did which is it's on my Facebook page it's way down, it's way down the bottom okay. now because I'm in a rubbish that I post and then obviously she'd read the book uh-huh. in studio and that's where I kind of pulled the audio to make the audio book and um, and she's tweeted about that as well so she is like one of my one of my biggest supporters yeah she's the perfect voice for it like mm-hmm. when I started watching I was like oh, and it's just perfect yeah, she's, she's, she's brilliant that's she's, so cool, and it, it kind of harks back to to what I was saying earlier on about like just making stuff happen, ah. and that's what I what I will do. Like I I took a chance sending Lorraine's manager that email, nice. hoping that I would get a response, and then just kind of just pushing totally. pushing every boundary just ah. to make just yeah. to make stuff happen. That's it. Do you know what I mean, you've got good intentions. You've mm. worked hard on the book. It's got a great message. Why would people not want? To help yeah. you, if they can. I, exactly. I, mean, I like to think that people are inherently good. Most people are good and mm-hmm. they'll go the extra mile for you if they can. You know, and exactly. I know we're all got our heads down and we're all plugged into the internet, you know, unlike our Archie. But, like, I think, I mean, the internet's great for this kind of thing mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, online, you know, you've probably had a lot of success with the book. That's the only way I've done it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and it's the same with the podcast. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, reaching out to people that you don't necessarily know or people that you know that you're like, a bit, like you say, I'm always asking for a favour. Yeah. But if, I think people are just, they'll help you out if they can. It's the same, the other one is uh, is Greg Emple. Yes. Uh, from Still Game. And again, it was just through, now how did I meet him? Oh, it's through wrestling. I'm a big ah. wrestling fan. He is also, he's a right, massive okay. wrestling so fan. 
like I'm not big on my wrestling. It's like WWE. Yeah, WWE or right, okay. things like that. Right. Um, and I'd just broken into radio at the time, uh-huh. and uh, I was doing uh, interviews with American wrestlers and bringing them and putting them on radio here which was right. something that hadn't been done before cool. and it was bringing in a kind of unique audience mm. uh, about a year prior Greg had been involved in this American wrestling promotion that had come over to Glasgow to do a show got you. and he got into a, a kind of stromash with a, with a, with a wrestler like okay. all, all part of the show yeah 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 and I was interviewing that said wrestler about a year later and I'd contacted uh, I'd, I'd Thingied Greg, I must have been through Twitter or something. Mm. And I says, I'm interviewing Jeff Jarrett. Do you want to, you know, do a wee, do a wee thing? And we, and I met him, met him for a coffee. Uh, we did a wee interview with him. He, he gave us a message for for Jeff, and then he he, he did a wee liner from a show as Victor. Cool, brilliant. <laughs> um, and again, ever since then, we just we just we've been friends ever since. Well, that's cool. I've kept his phone number, and again, same sort of deal. If I need a favour. <laughs> Or if I need somebody famous to tweet somebody something, <laughs> Greg, I do a wee favour. That's it, but people that have got to some sort of kind of fame mm-hmm. or, you know, notoriety, will know what it's like when you're trying to yeah. put something out in the world, do you know what I mean? So if they can help, oh, God, they will, right. as long as you're not pesting every day. No, every, no, every couple <laughs> every of days. Day. Every couple Sorry, of days. Couple of days. <laughs> and Lorraine Kelly narrating the book, mm-hmm. you then... Recently, I think I think it was just recently. Then it became an animation. Yep. Which is really cool. Yep. So how did that come about? Um, that was it was actually Leslie's idea. Leslie, the the, the Euromillions mm. um, winner. She she had so many ideas when we went to see her, and she, and she says, you know, you, you can make an animation. We could get dolls. So I just went. I went looking to see if I could get it animated because, and this is me. This is complete brutal honesty here, mm. right? The summer holidays, we haven't sold that many books through okay. the summer holidays, right? And it's been a and it's been a bit rough uh-huh. because, as I say, this is now mine and Lisa's bread and butter. We're, this is okay. our full time thing, so so we weren't selling many books, but it's simply because I've not been in schools. Yeah, that's a, that's your target yeah. audience. Um, so I was trying to think of different ways to try and get yeah. more people to see the book, and mm. and uh, I, I likened it to to J.K. Rowling, right? Because people didn't stop buying Harry Potter books when the movies were made. They mm-hmm. actually bought more. Yes. So I thought, well, maybe now's a that's good time. Not gonna, I, that's not going to harm yeah. things for the book. So maybe now's a good time to, to turn it into an animation. Yeah. So initially I'd started looking at animators and there's some animators who got windy the fact that who was financing the, the, the book and the quotes that we were getting to get it animated were ridiculous okay astronomical um, so I started looking elsewhere and, I, and there's this wee uh, kind of freelancer website uh, that, that kind of like freelance people just offer different services yeah. like voiceovers or copywriting or animation oh, and that okay. so I had a wee look on there and uh, and I found a guy who, who did it and this is the guy who put this animation together and it's beautiful he's, he, again, I, he's done, it. I was watching it again just before you yeah. arrived and, he, and he's done a brilliant job with it he loved I was very meticulous with yeah. it because every time he would send me it, I would look and I'd be like, "No, nah, that's there's something here, and that was that's not right, then that's not right, then that's not right." And uh, honestly, I think we had to we got it revised about twelve or thirteen times but before I was. It's your baby. Yeah. You you know like it must be really difficult, and then obviously from Federica's point of view, yes. you was obviously you've worked closely with her on it, so then you're like, I know what the vision is, yeah. and it must be hard just to like give over creative control yeah. and I was I was very very nervous about letting Federica see it as well really 
because that's somebody else drawing her artwork. Yeah. Your experience of working or, you know, delivering in schools, you know, taking the book in and doing... Mm-hmm. So I guess you're going in and, and narrating the yeah. book. And- yeah, I go in. Um, it's about half an hour session that I do okay. um, with the kids and I've had nothing but positive feedback yeah. off it. It's been amazing. Um, and only about three or four minutes of that is actually reading the book. Uh-huh. You know, like going into the... Going into reading the book... I talk about the the book, the story, the different hair colours. Yes. And then I ask the kids, you know, why don't you give me some examples of things that will make you feel Uh these different hair colours, like angry, uh, jealous, sad and happy. And they'll give me some examples. And I always finish on happy Mm. because then I go into what is my kind of technique that I've started using with kids to try and get make help them feel a wee bit better. Uh And I say, you know, if you're... Like, I'll use it with you, right? So okay. you tell me, if you can tell me something that makes you feel like really, really happy, that just anything, anything at all. Dancing. Right, dancing. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's perfect. So my go-to happy thing is my kids, right? So and I think about my kids. I've got my three kids. And when I think about them, I get a funny feeling. You know, a funny feeling in your tummy. Yeah. You know, which almost feels like a wee butterfly. Mm. So my butterfly, I liken that. I say my butterfly yeah, feeds on happy thoughts. So if I wake up one day and I'm maybe feeling a wee bit sad or a wee mm. bit down, then I know that my butterfly's hungry. Ah. So all I need to do is feed my butterfly. Got ya. And I, by feeding my butterfly, I will think about my little girls. Uh-huh. My butterfly will start fluttering. It'll remind me that, you know, I I can feel happy and, mm. and, and that makes me feel happy. And it might not take away the problem. It might no. not take away the issue that makes you feel the, the way you're feeling, but it'll just help perk you up a wee bit. It yeah. might turn your blue day into a wee bit more of a purple day. So <laughs> that's my whole feed your butterfly nice, like thing. That makes and perfect sense. From there, I read the book. And then after the book, we talk about... Um, well, I, I ask four questions mm-hmm. after I read the book. And it is, in the book, Lucy feels angry. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. In the book, she feels jealous. Is that okay? In the book she feels sad, is that okay? In the book she feels mm. happy, is that okay? Always yes. Um, we talk about those sort of things and then I, then I kind of go into the story of the four things that I wanted to be when I was older, which I said yes. I was going to tell you about. Right, okay. Right. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you this the exact same way I tell the kids, right? Uh-huh. So, four things. I wanted to be a dad, a wrestler, a radio DJ, and uh, an author. Mm-hmm. So, eight years ago, Alyssa was born. We've also got Summer. I've also got Erica. That's my three kids. Tick. Tick. Tick, tick, tick. Yep. Um, four years ago, I was offered the job as a radio presenter at Wave 102. Mm-hmm. We tick. can tick that off as well. <laughs> Two years ago, there was a programme on ITV called This Time Next Year. Right. Uh, Davina McCall hosted it. Do you remember it? Well, I don't know if I saw that. Right. So, on uh, on This Time Next Year, there was a man who, who was a lot bigger than I am, okay. who said to Davina, this time next year, I want to be a wrestler. I'll, I'll show you it later and we'll yeah, look it up. Cool. We'll but anyway, um, but yeah, that was me. Right. I did that. So I, um, I trained to be a wrestler and I lost what? I lost 12 and a half stone while doing Jeez, that. Um, and then obviously, with Lucy's Blue Day, I can say that I'm an author. That's my four things Wowzers. I wanted to do. Right. Now, I always say to the kids then, there's one simple way that I managed to do all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's that I just, I didn't quit. When my girls were born, and I didn't feel that rush of love mm-hmm. that, I, that I should have felt and I didn't bond with them as well as I could have you know I could have given up then mm-hmm. I could have I could have left I could mm-hmm. have, I could have you know ran away I could have done anything mm-hmm. but I didn't I stuck around and I fought through it and now I've got such an amazing family life yeah. at home yeah with the radio job 
I phoned that radio station every single day for a year before they even let me through the door for an interview. Amazing. Um, and again, again, I didn't give up. Uh-huh. With the, the this time next year and the wrestler, I I didn't get to 25 stone by accident, right? The, the pizza didn't fall into my mouth. I ate it. So I could have given up then. I, I could have, you know, I, during the training to be a wrestler, I broke my wrist, I dislocated my shoulder and I lost three teeth. Oh my God. Um, but I loved every minute of it. Uh-huh. I could have given up. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. And I got to say that I've had one one wrestling match. That's I'm over amazing. the moon about that. Um, and with the book, as we spoke about earlier on, I've got hundreds of unfinished stories mm. in my house. But what's the name of the one story that I finished? It's Lucy's Blue Day. I didn't give up. Uh-huh. As I promise the kids, I always say no matter what you want to do when you're older, no matter what it is, if you don't quit, you'll do it mm. and it's as simple as that you can come and find me in 20 years and you can say Chris you promised me that I could do this when I was older and I've not done it and I'll say well have you given up yet and it's up to them what yeah. the answer is where do you think you get that determination from I think I just learned it's a learned behaviour now mm. if I want I know that if I want something to happen I can make it happen yeah I guess once you did one, one thing yeah. and you were like oh yeah that worked because I just worked really hard at that because yeah. I really wanted it nothing's impossible that's the thing and it was back when I was doing when I was doing my wrestling podcasts mm-hmm. this is way back when right, right? okay right? Uh, even before I was on the radio or anything ah, I, right, I, did, okay. I did wrestling podcasts and I interviewed a man um, his name's Eric Bischoff, right? So you were doing podcasts before Andy was doing podcasts. Oh no, no! But this is when re- wrestling. Everybody was doing wrestling podcasts, right? Okay. Before anybody was doing podcasts, um, and I was in, I interviewed this guy called Eric Bischoff. Now Eric Bischoff is he's kind of like a a, ma- a manager, but kind of high up in terms of like known wrestlers, and okay. he, he used to run a wrestling company, that sort of stuff. Right. And he was very close friends with Hulk Hogan. We we had finished up this interview with Eric and. He'd sent an email saying, you know, that was a really good interview, really professional, well done, you mm. done brilliant. And I thought, here's an, here's a chance here. And I thought, well, he's, he's friends with Hulk Hogan. So I just wrote back an email, do you think Hulk might be interested in talking to me? I got an email about three days later saying, uh, yep, Hulk's interested, here's his phone number. I phoned him and I says, right, we're, we're going to do the radio show live on Monday, uh-huh. can we phone you? Yes, Absolutely. And uh, I did a live a live radio show no interviewing Hulk Hogan. And again, it's simply because I asked and I made it happen. I mean, I'm a big fan of the if you don't ask, you don't get mm-hmm. kind of thing. And like we say, like sometimes you just think things are at your reach or, you know, oh, they wouldn't want to speak to me. Why would they want to do Even yeah. like messaging you to do this online, you see how many followers you've got and how well the book's doing. So I was just like... Probably like why would Chris want to come and do my podcast? Like I've got nothing to offer other than this chat. Do you know what I mean? And a plate of biscuits and a cup of tea. I know. Which I've not even had a chance. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the tea. But you did say yes. Mm. You know, and obviously, you know, you're obviously trying to promote the movie. It was a bit of palaver trying to make it happen, but we, <laughs> but we got there. But if you don't ask, you don't get. Exactly. And even Hulk Hogan will say yes. Yeah, he said he said yes to me twice, and then he changed his phone number. But that's. <laughs> One that, and I, I don't know if I was the reason he changed his phone number, right? I'm just saying this. I'm, I'm putting sure this out there just now. Hogan, you need to change your phone number quite yeah. a lot, to, to be honest. Well, with Lorraine you. Kelly's not changed her number in 12 I years. Know. Well, I know. But yeah. then Lorraine, she's yeah, the people, isn't she? So, obviously, you've alluded to the fact that you've got other works in the pipeline, mm-hmm. but I guess you'll be staying on the Lucy's Blue Day trail oh, for some time yet. Oh, goodness, yeah. Because uh, that, that's... 
as I say, like now Monday to Friday, I go out and I, and I talk to schools. That's mm. what we do. Um, I, I can't wait until next Wednesday when the kids go back to school because yes. I'm going to get back on the road again. Totally. Um, and then when the English kids go back to school as well, because I, lo- I love traveling. Okay, cool. I love doing it. I love driving about in my wee car. Yeah. And uh, and going into schools and going into schools that are a bit further afield as well because it helps me realise how far this book's going. Mm. It, it, it sounds so daft, right? Because I, I, I live up in, Forf- in Forfa, which is yes. about two and a half hours away from here. If I'm coming to visit a school in Glasgow, it doesn't... I was going to say it doesn't feel as special. It's no, it's no the right word I'm trying to use. But because Glasgow's my hometown, hey, uh-huh. it's like... Well, of course it's going to get to Glasgow. Yeah, you feel like it lives here. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, you know, in October, we're going down to Martuk, which is uh, Somerset. Okay. Which is way down the bottom yeah. of the country. I've been down, I was down there um, last year, or like last term, mm. and I visited the schools down there. And they treated me like I was some sort of big, big deal. <laughs> like you were a nice going, author? Yes. <laughs> and, they, and, and they were treating me like a, like, like like a big a big like like a celebrity, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was it was unbelievable. But just knowing that this book has got the message of the book has gone mm. all the way down there. Um, there's well, we've sold a few books in America now. It's 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 Lovely. slow it's slow in America. Yeah. Which ironically, I would I would I would have thought it'd been a lot faster because there's so many more people in America. Mm. Um, but I think maybe they just keep opening it and going, oh, he spelt color wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Italy's got a few and we've got it it's now on sale in Japan and yeah because uh, the story's been... not exclusive no to anywhere in the world this, no. this is a worldwide message apart from those who can spell colour writers but, <laughs> but it, you know it's a universal language yeah. of Mental it's alright to yeah. feel the way you feel absolutely and we're uh, we've got at the end of the month end of August we've got our older version of the book coming out oh okay which is uh, the exact same story so Lucy's hair changes colour mm-hmm. um, she meets the boy mm-hmm. and he explains to her that these feelings are all alright um, but it's written in the style of Lucy's diary ah cool. and written from the point of view of maybe 10, 11, 12 year old Lucy right so things are just a wee bit different yeah she gets angry for in the, in the picture book she gets angry because a little brother sticks his tongue out at her right okay but in the diary she's getting angry because he's reading her diary ah. and he goes into school and tells everybody who she fancies ah, so it's, it's just slightly yeah, more mature things yeah. um, did you keep a diary when you were a kid? I think I think I tried but I just couldn't commit to it yeah because I, I kept a diary but mm-hmm. I've asked a few people this because I don't know I don't know if young people do keep mm-hmm. diaries nowadays it seemed to be a thing like yeah. when I was a kid like well certainly like kind of later primary school going yeah. to high school like you would keep a journal but I don't know if that's a thing I, I, I think I did and I think it's the same story as just trying to write a book I just couldn't commit to it uh-huh. oh yeah there would be like I'd write a big yeah. speed one night and then it'd be like four weeks later there yeah. would be like today was line. good <laughs> totally. yeah so um, yeah so that that's coming out at the end of the month and the reason I chose that is because now Alyssa's a wee bit older and she started reading the Diary of a Wimpy Kid books and yes. the, the Dark Diaries and things mm. like that Two and, ages Alyssa uh, she's eight now eight she's yeah. eight now um, so I thought well, we'll, we'll write it like that and then uh-huh. we're going to reach a whole new audience mm. and then and believe it or not I am actually working on an autobiography as well right of going through the kind of story of what I've went through in my life and the kind of the, the stuff that I used and the techniques as well that I've used to to help 
me get through mm. my issues because I'm a I'm a I'm a serial self sabotager. Okay. I've always been. Um, one of the things, and I, I talk, and I, and I will talk about this when I write the book, mm. is my inability to keep a job. Okay. Um, I was terrible at keeping a job. Right. Um, if things were starting to look good in a job, I would do something to screw it up. You know, for example, I, I used to work in an insurance company. Mm-hmm. Um, things were going well, and that was fine. But then one day, I would just decide, you know, I, I'm not going in. But I wouldn't tell my wife, uh-huh. and then I would drive. Actually, funnily enough. I would drive to room about this area for some reason. Right. And I would just sit in my car. And I'd sit in my car for six hours. Now, looking back, I think maybe I was almost scared of success. Almost like I didn't deserve it. Like an imposter. I, yeah, imposter syndrome. Yeah, 100%. So I always had the fear when the book was coming out that I was going to, I was going to do something to, uh-huh. make, to, to make an arse of it. it I'm, sorry, I'm sorry you're going to need to hit the explicit button on your... Aye, uh, it's all good. On I'm, your podcast. I've already hit. You're not the first... But now it's like even when things are starting, like mm. you like the summer holidays, right? These summer holidays have been really difficult because we've not sold that many books. Yeah. So financially, it's not doing great. But I'm fighting through it. We're fighting through it yeah. uh, to make sure that that you know, come next week when the schools go back, mm. it's going to we're going to hit yeah, the yeah. ground running. Well, that's it. Like I understand that, like working in the arts, you know, I I don't have a family, so I don't have that commitment. But obviously, I've got a house and I've got mm-hmm. bills to pay. And you know what I mean? Adulting kind of yes. thing. So it's just like you have to be sensible, and you know that something will always come good. Yeah. You know, if you're working hard and you're doing a good job and you're being kind and you're being a good person, things will be all right. Mm-hmm. Like just keep your head down, keep working. And there's there'll be times where you want to give up, but if you're passionate about something, yeah, like you're only unless you believe otherwise, you are only here once. So you've kind of got to go. What's yeah. important? In life. It's leaving a legacy yeah. for my kids. And you have three girls yeah. that are obviously it's, looking up to you going, or a dad and her oh, mum are doing something. Let me, let me tell you something, right? Uh-huh. We were up at uh, up at Montrose last week um, and there's a, like, a wee kind of water park just at the beach in Montrose. Lovely. Okay. And the the kids are in the, the kids are in the pool and I was in with Erica because she's just learned to walk so I was kind of just behind her she's the whole time tickle, right? and, I, and I'm making sure she's not going to fall and everything <laughs> and this little girl this random little girl had her arms out to Erica mm-hmm. and Erica wouldn't go wouldn't go near her mm. and I says well it's because she doesn't know you yes and and then the little girl said oh my name's whatever she said her name was and then she asked me what's your name uh-huh. and I says well my, my name's Chris and right away, I could hear just right behind me was Alyssa's voice going, have you heard of the book Lucy's Blue Day? Yes, Alyssa. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about that. Um, but it's just... It's, it's She's the, on the PR trail. She's yeah. Like, it's, it's just, it's the pride that, that my Amazing. girls have got. I want my kids to be proud of me. And and they are. Uh-huh. Summer tells me, Summer's the, the, the middle one. She's uh-huh. six now. Um, she tells me on a regular basis that Lucy's Blue Day is her favourite book. Of course. Um, so it's amazing. It makes me proud that they're proud. Yeah. And I want and to be it's able something to... as a family they can get involved mm-hmm. in. It's not, you know, I mean, like, yeah. obviously you're out doing the schools while they're at school or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's something that they, it's tangible. Yep. You can hold it. You can read it together. Do you know what I mean? They can be part of that story. I mean, even was it three weeks ago or a wee while ago, Alyssa was, again, she was having a bit of a bad day. And I says to her, I says, right, listen, I know you've read it about a million times, but here, just take it yeah, and yeah. just read it and just go and sit down and read it and then just come back to me. And again, she came back and she was like, no, you're right. That's, yeah. I you mean, know. the act of reading a book, 
Like I'm all for having a book in mm-hmm. your hand. Like I buy books to the charity shop, and if I if I've read a book and I like it, I do this thing where if I see it in the charity shop, I'll buy it and I'll give it to mm-hmm. somebody because I just I'm not a Kindle person. I don't yeah. have a Kindle, but I just like you know the actual smell of books, holding yeah. a book in your hand. But the act of reading is meditative in its in itself. Like mm-hmm. take yourself away, just blocking out the world, not on your phone, mm-hmm. not watching the telly, not chatting to anybody, just sitting down with a book. Yeah. You know, and sometimes that escapism, even if you've read it before yeah. a million times, just sitting down and reading something can just take you into a whole other mm-hmm. headspace. So that's what I want. That's my main goal. I mean, yes, okay, I would love, I would love to wake up one day and mm-hmm. like, like Holly Willoughby's retweeted about the book. And I, I look at the book sales and all of a sudden I'm a millionaire. But realistically, what what I'm doing just now mm-hmm. is... I think it's really uppity when I say this, right? Okay. But that we're changing lives at the moment with this book. Um, there's a story, and I've, I've told this story publicly in terms of when I've been... I've, I've done a few corporate visits and stuff okay. with the book. Where... There was a little boy, we got a message in March this year, and there was a little boy whose, uh, his mum passed away uh, last year, he was seven, right? And between last summer and our book coming out on the 8th of February, mm-hmm. this wee boy, and in his own words, had tried to go to heaven to be with his mum. Um, his carers, had they were one of the first people to buy the book, and they were one of the first people to get the book when it came out, mm-hmm. and... Uh, now that book is now part of his treatment and since the book came out he's not self-harmed even once that's the kind of effect and it baffles me because I'm not an expert I've said this I'm not a mental health expert I'm not a I'm not qualified in any way. Mm. I've not got an English degree to be able to say that I'm a writer to say this sort of. I'm just, I'm just but a that's guy. That's not required of you. No. you wrote a story. I'm just a guy. That reaches out to people, and it baffles me that that this story has affected so many lives. Mm. Um, I mean that that's that's just one of the stories. Yeah, that, that, that's, uh-huh. that's, and there'll be a million stories that you don't even get to hear about. No. unfortunately, do you mean? But like your book is out in the world, and people are. Going to bed, you know, bedtime reading. Oh, it's amazing. As a kid, that was a big thing mm-hmm. in our house, like story time. Me and my sister, the cat would come up. So books, to me, are very special. Like you say, if I thought about it, I is a dream to write a book. Mm-hmm. I would love to write a book. I don't know what I would write about, but I would love to write a book. And you've done it. And people love it. And it's touching people's lives, which but, is just, I mean, all the money in the world. No, exactly. That is your legacy. You've yeah. done it. And, they, and then you get the, the other thing is you get to go and meet the people that yeah. are reading it and you know inspire people to maybe write as well I was in um, where was it Strathclyde Park right? Uh-huh. I was down at Strathclyde Park um, during the summer and I was on have you been to Strathclyde Park recently? Um, no not that it's recently it's completely changed right? but they've got this big swing thing that goes it's huge and it's okay. so I was on that with Alyssa and I don't having, like the, right, like yeah. the shows I am I'm so, the jacket holder alright okay that's fine well, you can come with us next time <laughs> And uh, and I was coming off the coming off the ride, uh-huh. and I felt this wee tap on my back. And I said, Excuse me, and my initial thought was, "Oh, I've left my phone," because right. I thought I thought maybe uh-huh. just picked it up. And I was like, "Oh, where's my phone?" <laughs> and I turned around, and there's this wee boy, and he goes, "I think I know you." And I said, "Okay." <laughs> and he says, "Did you write the Lucy's Blue Day book?" <laughs> yes. And I was like. I, I did, and that was it. I was beaming. You're beaming. I was like, "Yep, <laughs> that's me." Yep, I did. It's like 
I really like your book. I've got it in school Aww. and I've got it at home. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. That's amazing. And I was so thankful Alyssa was there to see that. One, yeah. because there's like a great sense of pride in our dad being recognised. But two, nobody would have believed me. If uh, if I went if I went back to my wife and says oh I just get recognised like, aye right shut up. <laughs> but how lovely of that wee boy to have the confidence yeah. to come up to you as well. You'd maybe see somebody and just say to your mum, oh that man came in he he robbed. Do you know I mean the fact mm-hmm. that he came up and said to you I think was really important. Yeah, that's a big deal. It, it was, and it, you know it, was a, it, it made my day as well because because as, as as arrogant as it sounds, it's nice when somebody recognises you for oh, something that you do. Yeah. And you've been podcasting, I see as well. So you guys uh, have yep. podcast. Um, I've like as I say, like I, I used to do my wrestling podcast, yes. and I loved doing it. Mm. So I've always wanted to get back into it, but I could never find a subject mm. that I was really passionate about, as as I yeah. was wrestling. So then we decided to try parenting, mm-hmm. and and it's not. And again, we're no walking into this podcast thinking we're holier than thou, mm. great parents want to dish out advice. It's not. I mean, no. I mean last night we sat. And um, we just told stories, yeah, and that was it. And we had we had such a laugh doing it, yeah. And that that's really all it was. And then eventually, you know, we'll look into getting guests on and stuff like that. But it's just, it was nice. We broadcasted that live um, on our Facebook page last night. I've even uploaded it to iTunes yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, I think it's like I think it's fifteen hundred mm-hmm. views it's had already. I think the whole parenting thing, like yeah. obviously, it's big in social media. Like people just obviously like the fact that people are being honest yeah. about parenting you know, because obviously there are the, there's the other side of the internet where everything you know people are posting the highlights reel of you know look at yeah. me and my perfect baby and my perfect life so I think people warm to the fact that if you're being honest about yeah, exactly. parenting is hard life is hard we're not experts we don't know what we're doing everybody's winging it mm-hmm. it's just sometimes people are not yeah. seeing that <laughs> I mean like today for example I'm, I'm, I'm down here my wife is on her way mm-hmm. she's on her way down to Glasgow at some point today and we're dropping all three kids off at my mum's for the weekend and you know what I can't wait <laughs> Right. Yeah, why not? Why, I've got a why? peace and quiet uh-huh. and I'm looking forward to going up the road and getting a lie in tomorrow. Yes. The thing is, we're allowed to do that. Yes. We're allowed to think like you're that. You're allowed me time, you're yeah. allowed you time. And it's like, it's in, it harks right back to the book. It's okay uh-huh. to feel that. Yeah. I guess the summer holidays is the time, the testing time for the law parents. I remember when, <laughs> when Alyssa was, was first born, it was maybe even just like a week or two after she was born and Lisa and I decided to go out for a date mm-hmm. and we left... Alyssa with my mum mm-hmm. and we were both petrified because uh-huh. first child yeah, and all that yeah, going yeah. but see now it's like Come summer on. holidays Take right them. everybody Take go them. see ya <laughs> bye by the time you get to the third one you're like aye yeah. bothered oh what a difference <laughs> that's it the reality of life yeah you just do what you can do you just do your best mm-hmm. and that's obviously what you're doing and you know creating the book and everything that surrounds it and the tours and you're just doing your best trying ah but also doing something that you want to do and I think that's a great message as a dad as a parent that see if you work hard things It'll happen, happen. Uh-huh. yeah just stick in well we're going to move on to what we call the thingamabobs okay cool which are just totally random questions I have a list <clears throat> and uh, I've picked out a few for you funnily enough while you were saying that, I was going to say it when you were talking about this and I thought I'll just wait you might not want to disclose this okay because my first question to you was it's actually number one in the list of 70. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to ask you 70 questions. <laughs> uh, if you were to write an autobiography, what would the title be? But I don't know if you want no, to. No, no, I'll let it out because I'm very proud of my title. Okay. Um, obviously, I'd, I'd mentioned before I'm a big wrestling fan. Yes. 
and that is and wrestling is part of the story mm-hmm. um, and kind of how I went my, my downward spiral as well um, and I, I'm going to call it me versus me nice how to win the fight against your own worst enemy so that's what that's what it's nice. going to be called thank you for sharing that <laughs> Lucy Pierre mm-hmm. has awesome hair she does she does who else has awesome hair oh wow that's a very random <laughs> um <laughs> This is what the thing about is. They're, they're all it very is. random. And that was a question on and I thought, well that's perfect because she doesn't have awesome hair, she has wonderful she, hair. She's wonderful Sorry. hair. Sorry. She has wonderful hair. Who also but, has wonderful hair? There's one there's one thing right no you no have no wonderful facial hair to be fair. Well well, it's, well <laughs> it's, a, got... it's a bit crazy at the moment, but um there's one thing in my life that I know that I'll never be able to do. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's not, and I know, I know, I said earlier on about you know if you work hard and make things happen, you'll be able to achieve anything. But there's one thing in my life that I know that I'll never be able to do, it, and that is have long hair. Okay. I have always wanted long hair. Have you? Since I was a wee boy, I have always wanted to have long right, hair. Okay. But my hair started receding when I was sixteen. Got you. So I did attempt to grow, and ended up being like a skullet type thing that was just right. like a big ball patch here, and it was I got to about here, okay. and it just didn't look right. Right. Um. So. Any male with long hair um, <laughs> okay. is is awesome to me. Mm. Um, I'm thinking, you know, like like a Russell Brand. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. My my favorite wrestler is Shawn Michaels. Mm. Um, he went in his prime. He had he had amazing hair. Okay. Or there's a, a Scottish comedian called Billy Kirkwood. Right. Who um, if you look him up, you'll see yeah. him. He's he's got great hair. Too. Yeah. He's and it's ginger as well because I love I love ginger hair. Yeah. As you can see from my beard. Totally. More the gingers. More the gingers. <laughs> um, what is the first thing you notice about someone when you first meet them? Oh goodness. Um, teeth. Oh right. Okay. Right away. Uh-huh. Right away. Teeth. And I. I it's funny because I've I've got like. Like these teeth here aren't uh-huh. real. These okay. are all, these are the ones that get knocked out in the wrestling say match. The ones that you lost. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm very I'm very paranoid about my own teeth, and by that I kind of I look at I look really at other people's teeth. Hey, nice. they're, they're, they're kid on. Most no, of them are kid. Right. Still, they're still um, yours. <laughs> so yeah, I think teeth is probably one of the right, first okay. things I see, or just the general the the vibe yes. that I get. I'm like that too. It's like I, I mean a smile goes a long way. Yes. And if, and if I see a smile, I'm happy. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. It. Absolutely. Um, Favourite childhood meal? Oh, goodness. Um, oh, my mum made amazing macaroni cheese. Cool. And still to this day, nothing beats my mum's macaroni. And I, I'm a macaroni connoisseur. I and know. I'll tell you this now. Because one of the reasons I lost all the weight uh-huh. is because um, I, I ended up having to get a gastric band. Oh, right. Because hey, I was 25 stone. You can't be messing about at that wow. weight. So there's very few things that I can actually eat, which is why your plate of biscuits is sat untouched. Um, but macaroni, I can eat. Macaroni, I can eat until the cows come home. Um, I noticed Lucy Pierre. Yes, it she's eating spaghetti. Like spaghetti. She uh-huh. is eating spaghetti. But that wasn't that was my input. That was Federica, ah, who's right, okay. Italian. Of course. And that was her so I didn't input. notice that and I was like, hmm, that's kind of why I asked you the question. Yes. So you're a fan of pasta too. Yeah, oh, <laughs> God, I love a pasta. Yes. But macaroni cheese, if it's macaroni cheese, you've won me. And your mum made Aye. it, especially. I, especially my mum's. Cool. But if you put macaroni cheese in front of me, I'll eat it. Cool. Even if it's like out of it. box. I like it. <laughs> um, what kind of YouTube videos can get you lost down a rabbit hole for like an hour? Oh, do you know, that's weird because Lisa and I were just talking about this last night. Oh, are you right? Okay. Um, on, on our podcast. Uh-huh. There's a story. I've got a story about everything. <laughs> so a couple. Uh, Alyssa was. Dream. <laughs> Alyssa was was about two or three, and 
this is before kids YouTube was invented. Oh right, okay. So and she would get lost down her own wee rabbit hole yes. on YouTube and she'd be watching like Disney princess videos and mm. stuff like that. And then one day, three years old, she came into the living room and she said to Lisa, Mummy, I'm the mother and queen. Oh wow, right. Uh, excuse me? I'm the mother and queen. <gasps> Where did you hear that? Elsa said it. Well, I can assure you, Elsa know. did not say that. I've seen Frozen. <laughs> A lot. A lot. Um, it turned out she went down one of her YouTube rabbit holes okay. and it, it ended up being on a Disney princess rap battle <laughs> that came up. And Why that, is that even a thing? I know. Uh, <laughs> that's the story I always tell. But the, the reason that we brought it up last night is because I was talking about getting lost in, in that YouTube rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And I'll go onto YouTube and I'll, watch, I'll start watching like wrestling videos and mm-hmm. wrestling blooper videos or or any blooper videos or anything that I've seen uh-huh. but then all of a sudden I'll find myself at 3 o'clock in the morning sitting watching 9-11 conspiracy theory videos <laughs> yep. and then that's me and I'm sat so I, 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 when, when I talk about a YouTube rabbit hole I'll always go to 9-11 uh-huh. conspiracy for some reason that's my birthday that get, is it really? Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go mm-hmm. Well, see, that means that means that's that my nineteenth birthday. My my birthday is three days after you. There you go. But yeah, so that's that's. I'm, I'm quite a fan of a conspiracy theory myself. To be yeah, <laughs> but it just it, that that's for some reason that always that it's not even my go-to. I don't deliberately you just go end there. Up there. I just always end up there. <laughs> that's how they know you. I know. As you travel a lot, I made this question for you. Oh wow! Best service station you've ever been. <gasps> oh, and there is one, and I, and do you know what's really annoying about it is uh-huh. I can't remember where it was because I want to go back to it. Okay. I, somewhere near Birmingham and it's like it's almost, it's a circular thing so I'm putting this plate in front yes. of me right uh-huh. so you go in uh-huh. and there's a Witherspoons here that's a good that's a start that's a good start good right start. Yep. and then obviously you've got your McDonald's and all mm. your other ones there <clears throat> um, but there's like loads of cool wee shops around here uh-huh. and it's such a trivial wee thing that that makes it my favourite service station is I needed to put a, it's just so trivial it's unbelievable <laughs> I needed to put a screen protector on my phone uh-huh. and I am very particular about screen protectors on my phone right see if somebody puts a screen protector on my phone mm. and there's a tiny wee air bubble on it no, nah, no. it needs to come off and that's it done right there's only one person I have found that can put a screen protector on my phone the right way and it's the guy at the service station <laughs> And outside Birmingham somewhere. So you need to go back and find it. I can't remember where it was. And it's, it's such a unique looking service station. I thought mm. I could just Google it and find it. But I can't find it anywhere. I, I genuinely can't. And it's annoying me. Mm. I can't believe I had a story for that question but as well. I know. See, you're an expert at this. And my last question, because I ask everybody this, mm-hmm. is what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Gleekit, I think it's one. I think it's my fav- one of my favourites. Gleekit. Like Gleekit. Glake it. And then yeah. but now I've just reminded myself another word. Um and, and it's it's quite simply jobby. <laughs> and it's no It just always makes me think of Billy Connolly, the word jobby. It's it's a brilliant <laughs> word. Jobby is a brilliant word. When I was at when I was at school, um and we were just learning about computers, because this is what, nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety seven, uh-huh. computers weren't really that big a thing. Mm. And we were asked to create our accounts and put a password in, and I was one of the first people to put a password in, and my password was Jobby, <laughs> because I thought nobody else was going to get to know it, okay. and then the teacher asked me, right, so write down your password here on this wee database, and oh. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Jobby. <laughs> no one has ever said Jobby. Yet. No way. So there you go. No way. You're the first. Jobby's a great word. <laughs> 
You know what? I I have literally just looked at my watch and realised yes. that I have got a school visit in 25 minutes. You need to go. I do. Where are you going? Uh, Cumberland. Oh, wait. Well, it's not too far. Fine. I'll make it. I'll, I'll make, make it. it. Amazing. Well, listen, thank you so much for doing this. It's been amazing. It's been so good chatting. I really appreciate you doing this. And anything I can do to promote Lucy's Body, I will. Oh, God, I'm so glad. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Chris. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.